When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. As ever, you are joined by author, journalist, occasional actor Juno Dawson, London boy about town Dylan B. Jones. And this week we have a very, very special guest. Now, if you remember way, way back in season one, we had the amazing author of Queenie, Candice Carty-Williams on. And we said, oh, Candice, you'll have to come back when we get to season three. And we have the questionable episode for the one and only time that Sex and the City discusses race. And true to her word... Candice is back with us this week. Thank you for coming back, Candice. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to get into it. (laughs) Well, before we do, because in the 18 months since we had you on last, your career... My God, we are so lucky to have you back because like, I was yeah. like, I was like, I can't speak to Candice anymore because she has <laughs> frankly transcended to a plane of celebrity that I am just not on anymore. Uh, it says so you who was on back. actual television, do you know? <laughs> well, th- th- there is that. But um, Queenie has done phenomenally well. I mean, you must be so thrilled. It's really nice. It's still something I think I'm just, you know, I think, like, you know, it's like six months and I'll get used to it and a year and I'll get used to it. And now it's just like, maybe you don't have to be used to it. Like, it's just, you know, I just have to be like, that's your job. And this is, this is something else. Like, cause you're like, you know, as you know, it that ekes into your life and you're like, who am I? Cause then you sort of start <laughs> being like, I'm the author of this thing. And then you have to be like, no, 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 no. Like I'm an actual person who has like independent uh, thoughts and feelings, but it's a really good thing. And I'm only, um, you know, very, very grateful and very happy, but also I worked really hard. And um, can you please tell us how on earth you became to be involved with Prada? <laughs> that has been a wow, a very a, a short but very intense journey. Um, fashion people are quite something. Um, so my my agent, my TV and film agent said, "Oh right, uh, like on a Sunday, she was like, uh, hey, so um, Prada are looking for someone to to write their like Christmas advert.'" And I was like, "Okay." And I was just, I was like, why, "Why are you telling me?" And she was like, "Well, you know, like I think you'd be really good." So they want to talk to you and like from that point on it was sort of like a non-stop fashion roller coaster 
Uh, it was like, but it was like the most amazing thing. I was in, I was just like, at the end of that week, I was in Milan and I was like standing next to Pat McGrath and like Stephen Mizell was like shouting at people through a like <laughs> video. It was like, what, where, why, how is it, how, like what is, you and know. Sarah Jessica Parker was falling over on the runway. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you've been very, very hard at work on the follow-up to Queenie. Are you allowed to tell us anything about that just yet? There were, so in in terms of a sequel, I don't think I'm ready to write it yet because I think when I write the sequel, that will be it. Because Queenie was kind of meant to be it. And everyone was like, no, don't do that. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to, I don't want to retire her just yet. Um, but I know that when I write the second one, that will just, that will be like the end. Probably, probably, probably. I say that, I always say that. Um, and so this is a sequel. This is not a sequel. This is a, an, a whole different uh, novel, which is um, about uh, five half siblings who don't know each other at all but uh something happens and they are forced to get to know each other in their adulthood and also to try and figure out their relationship with their dad and so yeah it was really like it was quite like fun to write that one so like if Queenie's the book that is concerned with like mums I would say this is the one that is like yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go in with the like single parent where's my dad shit and that's due out in 2021 i mean i hope so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean who can say i, can I mean who knows let's pray, pray for the vaccine we we want next year we want weddings we want books to come out we I want just to want a part i just want to dance yeah <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, this week on the podcast, To Business, this week we are discussing, let me get this right, season three, episode five, no ifs, ands, or buts. Dylan, can you give us a breakdown of this week's episode? Charlotte dates a guy who licks her face Mm. um, and they talk about that. Charlotte also tells, informs us that race is a very big issue. Um, yes. So thank you for that, Charlotte. Um, Carrie meets Aidan Shaw for the first time, um, who is, of course, one of the biggest <laughs> love interests of the show. Miranda and Steve have like a slight kind of, it's it's about kind of Miranda being there for Steve in his endeavours, isn't it? And Samantha dates the gorgeous Bon Williams, played by Asio Highsmith. Mm. Um, and political incorrectness ensues. Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, so, yeah. I, do you know, one of those slightly where um, I'm not entirely sure where to start. The, the question that we're going to attempt to answer between the three of us is, in a relationship, what are the deal breakers? Which I think that's we all, whoever we are, when we, if we choose to date, um, we all have certain deal breakers. As ever, should we start with Carrie first and, and start with her deal breaker, which is, or rather it's Aiden's deal breaker, which is he won't go out with a smoker. Now, like some sort of awful bitch, neither would I. See, I remembered, I remembered when you talked about this and I was mm. interested. Tell us, tell us about that. <laughs> so when my, my very first proper boyfriend, when I was like 24 years old, was a smoker and I very quickly realised that I just didn't like it. And and it was a time as well. We saw, so this was like around 2004 or something. And that was when everyone smoked. I mean, I think, would it be fair to say like, People tend, I don't know, do people still smoke? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I am a smoker. And unfortunately, that's something that's increased this year. I got it down to like a really good level last year. And then, of course, 
a pandemic happened. <laughs> and now I'm smoking, not the most I've ever smoked, but I'm having like at least one a day, which like a lot of people smoke a lot more than that, but it's still not great. But yeah, I've noticed that like more and more people have dropped off in the last few years. I don't know if it's about getting older mm. or if just less people smoke now. I think it had a lot to do with when they brought in the smoking ban in clubs as well. I think people just could not be asked to go outside anymore. But no, I, I must admit, as I sort of, by and large, there were fewer people smoking. I remember actually not long before I met Max, I went out with a nice guy um, just for a couple of dates. And when he got out cigarettes, I was quite shocked and I realized, oh shit. And we slightly did have to have a conversation. And I was like, oh no, I'm Aiden. I don't want to be Aiden. He wears double denim, including boot cut flares. Please don't be unkind about Aiden. I love, please. Aiden is so lovely. Aiden is like, he's not the person I would choose of all of them, but he's still so lovely. And the double denim is, you know, is what it is part of him. Also, it's back in now, double denim. Right? Exactly. So kind he of. was like a prog- he was so progressive. Like, yeah. so before his time. <laughs> I mean, the turquoise jewellery, the... <laughs> the leather cuff. He was wearing a leather cuff. Yeah. Just... yeah. I did, when, when he first came out in that first scene in the furniture store, I did gasp. Me too. Wa- me too. I wanted to I cry. Wanted a good, in a good way. Yeah, because I just, because also, you know, the we know the journey that they went on, like, even into the films. And I was just like, because I didn't, I forgot that that was where we first saw him. I was just sort of like, I was taken aback. I was like, oh my God, it's Aiden. Like, like it's like seeing a celeb, weirdly. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. I also love like, I really like the scene with um, Carrie and Stanford when they like sort of huddle down to the furniture store and they're like giggling like school children. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's Um, funny, but I forget how like, I forget how like selfish Carrie is. I think I'd forgotten because I haven't watched it for a while. So so she was like, I'm not coming. And then Stanford was like, oh yeah, but the guy who runs the store is straight. And she was like, I'm on my way. And it was like, can you just support your mate, please? Stanford's always bloody supporting you. That's what I forgot I don't like about Carrie. My God. There is a whole episode of this podcast where we just talk about Carrie's shady behaviour towards Stanford. It culminates, (laughs) I think, in season six where she sends him out of the room so she can talk just to her girlfriends. What? Yeah, oh she my does. God. When she when she when she's pondering moving to France with the Russian. As much as we, because I love Aiden as well. As much as mm. we love Aiden, I didn't agree with him in this episode. I didn't no, either. I yeah, you didn't either. Are you a smoker? Not all the time, but I also mm. like. I don't really care if someone and if I smoke, it's not cigarettes. But I don't really care <laughs> if someone um, smoke. It's not really. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't do it yeah. in my house, right, but like, yeah. do it on my balcony or do it outside. But I, ju- I have no, in, I have no like problem with it. I did agree with. I think I understand people having a problem with it, but I also really agreed with Carrie when she said you should quit smoking because you want to, not because a man tells you to. And I felt like it was out of character. What annoyed me was about the storyline is I felt like it was out of character for her. I feel like she wouldn't have, but she did. And I felt like the reason for that was because the people who ran the show were like being told like your protagonist can't smoke anymore. So would I go on a date with a smoker? Yeah, because until you till you meet until you meet them, you don't know if you're gonna get on with them. What I would do is I would never say and like when I was going out with that guy Adam, I didn't say to him, Oh my god, you smirk. I'm out of here. Check. Yeah. Kind of. But I was I think I would probably then, you know, either internally in my head or to my friends say, oh, that's weird, you know, I've not really been out with a smoker for ages, you know, kind of. But um, it certainly wouldn't be a deal breaker. And you can probably predict what my next question is going to be, which is what would your deal breakers be? 
Okay, I know what mine is quite easily, actually. So because I've got quite bad, like, cleanliness OCD, like, genuinely, if someone refused to, like, take their shoes off in my house or they were like, I don't adhere to, like, how clean you are, then I'd be like, well, then don't come back. Like, genuinely, like, that, that's the sort of thing that, like, gets me really, like, pissed off. Because I think, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've seen these conversations often where it's like, why should I have to take my shoes off in your house? And it's like, because it's the rules of my house, because it's my house. Do you know what I mean? So that's it. My stuff is always around cleanliness, but around, like, personal behaviours is like, yeah, do what you want. I can move around it. That's interesting because that's, like, a respect thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like... And I think I'm the, I think mine is, I mean, one of, like, perhaps not a complete deal breaker, but something that I really, really hate is just lateness. Like, if someone's, like, always, like, half an hour late, like, constantly, a few times is fine. But, but I don't, yeah, I haven't really thought about it. Mine is, and having had a lot of therapy around this, it's men who, in, in dating terms anyway, is men who can't communicate so like guys who are like oh when when are we going out next oh yeah maybe at the weekend what what do you mean maybe at the weekend oh yeah like, you said this yeah are we going out at the weekend or are we not going out the weekend like i want to make plans with my friends if we're not going to be going out at the weekend so i can't that isn't and it's funny because my first thought would be to say oh no you know i couldn't go out with a tory or i couldn't go out with like a crazy jordan peterson conspiracy theorist or something but actually well, that is also true. Um, I think what has driven me the most insane historically has been men dicking with my time. Mm. Mm. I need to think about my... I'm not happy because, like, even... Like, I don't re- even really care that much about lateness. Well, obviously, like... I, don't, like, I didn't say it because it's a bit dark, but obviously, like, if someone's violent, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> like, but I think... And I think, like... I I respond, and not just actually, yeah, that can be mine. Not necessarily just towards me, but any kind of hint of violence or aggression towards other people. Yeah. I respond really, really badly to violence, and I just hate it. So yeah, that can be mine. <laughs> so your your bar is is relatively low, like quite good to date. I think I wonder if there are like universal deal breakers. Maybe there sh- there should be, but unfortunately, obviously, we know that some people. <laughs> Some people have to live with violence, but um, yeah. no, I, I wonder if there are. They're just that, yeah, I think so, certainly there must be e- individuals must have their own weird personal deal breakers. And unfortunately for Carrie, Aiden's is smoking, but he is quite. I mean, I'm a huge of of Carrie's men. Aiden is the one that I would choose for myself. I'm so out there that I need an Aiden to kind of keep my feet on the ground. I remember what, first seeing this when I was like. 19 or something and just being like oh my god he's so gorgeous and so masculine in a very kind of stereotypically like he rips wood from old train cars and repurposes them into thumpingly masculine chairs which don't really suit Carrie's flat but he's really he's masculine in a very calm way as well like you know when he's like feel this leather and he's like very gentle with her like tiny child's hands because she's so <laughs> fucking small and he's like so delicate with her and I was always like that's so nice and I think like part of that whole thing I can see where people are like oh I like a man to make me feel like petite because like he is like really massive but also so soft with it Aiden is great. Aiden is just fucking great. Let's take this opportunity to take a tiny break and we'll be back in two minutes after a quick word from our sponsors. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. 
and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, welcome back to So I Got You Thinking. This week we are joined by author Candice Carty-Williams and we are discussing Season 3, Episode 5, No Ifs, Ands or Buts. We've, we've dealt with Carrie, there's, there's nothing else to say. So let's move on to the other three. And I suppose this, so this, this episode, and it's interesting that none of us remembered this was Aidan's first week. And that's because maybe the big headline is this is always going to be known as the one with Samantha and her jailer looking dresses. And I mean, I will say this, Candice, that last week we watched the most outrageously offensive episode potentially in the full six year history of Sex and City, which is the one where Carrie denies bisexuality and then makes out with Alanis Morissette. So any anything where she didn't literally accuse bisexual people of being greedy is is a bonus. But this this one certainly woke Charlotte was firing on all five cylinders. <laughs> um so the plot the plot as we have it is Samantha and her friends are eating at a trendy restaurant which is run by the very beautiful Adina who is played by Sundra Oakley and they are enjoying her okra which I've never had is it like asparagus no it's not it's something entirely different there's a bit where she says like okra will be the new edamame and it's like it won't but also like okra (laughs) is not like that I had to have okra in like loads of Caribbean food growing up and it's just not for me and while they are enjoying their dinner Adina introduces the girls to her brother Siobhan who as Dylan um, point out is played by the incredibly handsome Asia Highsmith and um, Samantha begins dating him which causes huge consternation with Adina who does not want um, Siobhan to be going out with a white woman and they attempt this sort of reverse racism storyline which yeah. I don't know if they were trying to flirt with edginess. Um, <laughs> I think the most cringe thing about it is just they thought Michael Patrick King, the white man who wrote it, um, thought that he was being so fucking clever and edgy, didn't he? But it's just like... It doesn't <laughs> land. So the thing with this is, sorry, I just that there's, I have so many thoughts and feelings. The thing that struck me when I rewatched this was that when they first meet, some, and then like throughout, 
with him, Samantha is so uncharacteristically coy. Yeah. All the time. And it's, I was a bit like, when I watched it, I was like, wait, what? Why is she being like this? Like, and it was, I was like trying to figure out why she was doing that for so long or what that meant politically. And I think it just must be an accidental comment on like the white woman's innocence versus like the black man's like power or the black man's like masculinity or just like his blackness in general. Because I have never, ever seen her be so like demure no, but what it was like, why? Like, what, what, what are you like? You're obviously saying something, but I don't understand like what her direction was for that episode. It was like, oh, just be, just be coy. And it is like, it's, and she's never like that ev- ever again, ever. I'm, run, I'm running through the many, many conquests of Samantha. And no, she, she's not. I think that the nearest possibly is Richard Wright, who she meets in quite an antagonistic way because she applies for a job with him. But no, yeah, she's weirdly, yes, yeah, Demir, I think is the word. She's so, she's so passive. Yes. Incredibly yes, passive. Yes, 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 yes. It's, I mean, in a, strange, in a strange way, you know, this hints at a much bigger conversation topic about Sex and the City, which was astonishingly poor when it came to representation of minority people in that, you know, we started out, Dylan and I, when we started the podcast, we started, you know, how many people of colour speak in any given episode. And more often than not, the, the, the depressing answer was... None. Zero. And I think we just gave up in the end because it was always none. So it was always like... none. So what what was the point? Kind of and so this three three and a bit seasons in, we have the first significant speaking roles for people of colour. It's taken us three years, and now we have two significant black characters in Siobhan and Adina. There is an amazing piece that I read last night in Vanity Fair where in 2018, a plucky journalist tracked down Sundra Oakley and said, what was your experience like working on this episode? Um, Oakley, Oakley has nothing but praise for the cast, who she said she going in as a guest star can be quite difficult because the cast is very well established. But she said they were all lovely, particularly Kim Cattrall was incredibly welcoming and was full of compliments about her performance. She was incredibly young. Um, I think Oakley was like 19, 20 years old when she shot this. What? She's she's great in it. I looked her up and she hasn't been in much as an actor, but I saw that she worked on Moana as like a member of the crew, which is interesting. Amazing. She's just taken it. She's just gone behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. So hang on. So she filmed this episode 20 years ago. Oh, at the time, the native New Yorker was in her early 20s. And interestingly, when she was cast for the role, Adina was envisaged of being in her mid 30s. And but then she she does talk about that she felt as a young black actress, she wasn't able to challenge what was in the script. She says, as an actor, I was very, very happy to have the job. I was excited for the opportunity. There was one, not, there was no one negative experience on the set. And then um, she says, I respect the cast. They made me feel very, very welcome. It was only after when she saw the episode that she realised that the the whole reverse racism thing was cringeworthy yes but also problematic on a deeper level as well when dylan and i talked about this episode we we said that there was a real sense of cringe like the cringe was real sort of in the way that samantha charlotte and miranda and carrie talk about 
and how notable it is that Samantha is dating a black man. And that was something else that I couldn't quite get my head around. Are they seriously trying to tell us that in however long they've been friends, that none of them have ever dated a black guy or a Asian guy? Or you, you have is that what we're to take away from this episode, that they've only ever dated white men? I mean, yeah, because also when Miranda... Well, I think they kind of maybe realised the error of their ways when Miranda dates Robert later on down mm. the line. And they don't talk about his blackness as much. It's just that he is very... They've, they've, they've changed blackness, swapped it out for just, like, very good-looking. And so she's like, <laughs> how can this very good-looking man like me? So, no, it's like it's just, like, a whole different thing. It's just a different way of talking about the fact that he is is different to her. Um, but, yeah, I think that that is genuinely what we are to understand, that, that this is the first time this has happened, and so it is notable. And they talk about it in this way that is very strange and very... And, again, I think it's like... They thought they were being, the writers thought they were being clever by being like, we won't have Samantha say the offensive thing. We'll have like Charlotte come and undercut her. And so Charlotte, woke Charlotte is the one who is like, you can't say that. He's African-American. And it's like Samantha being like, I wasn't going to say that. And it's like, this is, please stop. Like, please stop doing what you're doing. And it feels as well, I wonder if as writers, their hands were a bit forced. It had been pointed out even at the time that for New York, the show was astonishingly white. And so it was almost like, right, this year we have to do race. And, oh, but I've come up with this new thing. What if it was a black woman being racist? Like, gotcha. And But then that doesn't work because we all know, and I think as a party line, there is no such thing as reverse racism. So, I mean, in that situation, even with Samantha entering Siobhan's world, which was a very stereotypical notion of the world of a black man in that. Oh, God, you know. when they were, like, walking up the queue to that club, I was just like, oh. <laughs> <not."> <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. So tired already of this situation. This yeah. is just not good. Sam, Sam still has the privilege in that situation. She is still, you know, decked out head to toe in designer gear and, you know, it's all very novel to her and she's very a tourist in that world and she expects she expects to be able to enter Siobhan's workplace essentially without without any sort of challenges and she walks she literally jumps the queue it's the metaphor oh another thing I wondered about was um I found it when Adina said that was that said that very um assertive thing to Samantha um, where she, she just said, didn't she, like, I'm not comfortable with my brother dating a white woman. I found, I remember certainly on the first time watching that, because I didn't know as much perhaps about like race and um, especially race in America. I, I found that line kind of unbelievable. Like, would she have said that? Or was it just like a pl- like a kind of narrative tool for the episode because they wanted to flip things? What do we think? I don't. I don't actually know. I don't know if she would have. I. I don't know because obviously, like I've been aware of millions of interracial relationships, and I can't imagine having her. I've never heard that happen. I've never heard that happen, and I think it's this thing, which I think you know, it's obviously like a deeper problem in society. But I think this understanding that like a, a black woman is so assertive and so aggressive and so powerful that she's just going to say what she's going to say and doesn't care who 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 who's upset about it. And I think like for a, I think it would be very surprising for a very young woman to say to someone like Samantha, I have a problem with you dating my brother. But it, I just I don't I don't understand that. And I think they've put upon 
this this character who at the beginning seems so and I think they tried to do this flip right where it's like she's so nice and she's so charming and she's like a self-starter and she's got them all into her restaurant and then suddenly she's like I don't want you fucking going anywhere near my brother it's like well where, where did that come from but it's like that's the the black woman thing right just being so strong and so uncaring about what what other people think what other people's feelings because like they're just so angry that they can't even see them that like she would just do that and be so challenging and it doesn't we don't we have never had other characters like that in the show who would just be so flagrantly unkind in any way like you know the men are unkind in their you know their various ways all the time but usually it's just unknowing or like breaking up with them but this is a very different thing the the angry black woman, as you know, it's a well-established trope in fiction. It has been applied to Serena Williams, to actresses, to, you know, it's it, but then obviously it trickles down and it affects perceptions of women in the criminal justice system, for example. So it's it is I mean, on this podcast, we are very picky. That's what we're here to be. But, you know, it has big connotations. And Adina is just one more angry black woman. You know, Siobhan gets to be fairly squeaky clean in that he is like a angel who can do no wrong. And and so actually, again, it falls to a woman to be the bitch as well. So actually, there is a, there is a thread of misogyny to it as well, which isn't very nice. Yeah. I th- it's a very, again, it's a very strange line where Adina says like get your little white pussy away from my brother. And it's like, what, just the understanding of, and then obviously Samantha's retort is, you know, your big black ass, which is like, uh, again, the two are not comparable, but also just this understanding of this, this, like I was very interested in this idea of this little white pussy. Like in what way? Like Samantha is older than her. Samantha is an adult. Like it's, it's not like, I don't get it. Like I did, it's just, it's just saying like, as a, as a black woman, you are bigger. That's it. It's just, that's, that's the understanding. Your pussy is bigger. Your ass is bigger than this, this, this little white woman pussy. I just, it's there's those tiny words say so much about the understanding around black women. And also Adina wasn't like, it was, she, she shouldn't have been the central focus of the episode. It should have been about Siobhan, right? It's one of those where I wonder if there was a really early stage where they went past the point of no return, and you, you can see you can see them sweating it at that that brunch meeting where they kind of discuss and Charlotte says, you know, race is very important. Charlotte, mm. you can almost see the, that in the writers' room with somebody saying, "I don't know about this, Michael Patrick King. Race is very important." And, and you know, and you know, everyone in that room was white. Every every <laughs> single person in and around that room was white you can just yeah like from the the dialogue is enough to know that (laughs) and we we know from we know from later on that it was the cast and I think particularly Cynthia Nixon was incredibly vocal in getting Blair Underwood cast as Dr Robert Leeds I don't think Dr Robert Leeds was written as a black man which is possibly why he's written as a rounded character because he was probably written as white and then they cast Blair Underwood which is why he does come across and why like kind of said his thing is he's out of Miranda's league. In fact, does anyone mention Robert's race? Well, she watches Jules and Mimi, doesn't she, while they're dating? That's true, yes. That's and true. And it kind of ties it it kind of ties it to that. But I think I mean I'd have to I'll have to wait until we get to it, but I think 
that's kind of done in an okay way. Like it's just kind of quite light and funny, isn't it? But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Although um, we'll he, he does psycho. He, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get to Robert Lee's in due course. And <laughs> if you want I me mean, to come back for that, then I'll be there. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. His behavior is, you know, his behavior is very because we don't often get to see. Sorry, no, we'll get to there. We we'll get there, but we don't often then get to see exes come back, right? And like just be kind of weird, but like really sexualized but also really salty at the same time because obviously he's like having an orgy right when like yes. yeah and anyway 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 <laughs> Dylan has just remembered the orgy I think <laughs> I can just see yes he he does have an orgy with a group of cheerleaders that's cool. yeah, yeah. um because of, why wouldn't he um I mean as well that the represent strangely the representation of Maria in season four as a Latin American woman is more interesting as well in that Maria's background is secondary to the fact she's a lesbian and that she's in a relationship with Samantha but it doesn't do it well and I mean then of course we have Jennifer Hudson in the first film which felt which felt like very by committee it was like Mm. guys this is a film we need to have Jennifer Hudson in this film well what's she gonna do well she's kind of like this magical oracle who teaches Carrie what love is and she fulfills a different trope about black women, which is the magical sorceress. Even 10 years on from this episode, actually their representations of black women didn't really move on particularly well in that we have one trope, the angry black woman in Adina, and then we have the magical sorceress figure in um, Jennifer Hudson's Louise from Louisiana. So unfortunately, <laughs> Nulpa, Nulpa for, for so, Sex and the City. Sadly. <laughs> it's so sad as well, just thinking about how much I used to watch like I used to watch it like I used to it was it was for a really long time for years it was my comfort show and like I kind of I knew there was an absence of anyone like myself but I was still kind of like okay but I mean that was like me for most of my life so it was kind of like that's not a surprise but obviously now slowly when I get to see more representation I'm a bit like yeah that really fucks me up like seeing all of these ideas of like what a black woman should be when we do get when we do get that in something that I've watched what like six seasons of and two movies it's odd I mean I'm at the moment steadily and surely plowing my way through reruns of Sister Sister on Netflix which I was like god the 90s can you remember when you used to be able to see black people on television but you you had Fresh Prince Sister Sister Moesha has also just come to Netflix Keenan and Kel my my fiance is very into Keenan and Kel as well but what's interesting is I wonder if back then we what we lacked and I think this episode really highlights it is any form of integration in that there were shows about black people shows about white people and never the twain should meet and I wonder if that's what this episode was attempting to do which was highlight perhaps something that in 2001 was genuinely a taboo which was interracial relationships and I so I wonder if that was the taboo they were attempting to discuss, but my God, they didn't discuss it in any... So Adina's thing was that her food was fusion, right? And then at the end, it was like... And so obviously, Adina was not as concerned with fusion as she should have been after all. So I think, yeah, I think that was their way of being like, 
let's let's combine the two. Let's do a nice little melting pot. But yeah, it didn't work. It didn't I work mean, out. That's so Sex in the City, isn't it? That like stupid kind of introducing a plot thing halfway through so that you can then tie it up with a nice little voiceover line from Carrie at the end. And I it's mean, so disappointing. Why? Because I mean, Siobhan, I mean, also okay. I could have looked at Siobhan for several more weeks, if I'm honest. And he was an interesting character as well. Like he was, there was a subtlety to his character. I'm not entirely sure what he saw in Samantha. There was a brief, there was a very brief moment of Siobhan and Samantha, which I liked, which was when they were in bed and she said, where did you get your earrings? And he said, Tiffany's. And they're both like, oh, Tiffany's. Yeah. And I really liked that bit. Um, I think just because it was like two people talking about, like a straight couple talking about their own jewellery in like a fun way, which helps. But like, you know, that was like one tiny teeny bit that I mm. liked. Because um, maybe, maybe had this not been a story of the week, they could have dealt with it with some sort of nuance whereby actually we saw the relationship getting gradually serious um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to name any names from my from my life. Someone that I know has just had to break up with his partner of several years um, because she's Bengali, and her parents have made it very, very clear that enough is enough. It is time for you to meet a nice Bengali man, and it's really mm. heartbreaking, and it, and it's really it's really sad. And you know, they've had been together for nearly three years. It's not good. Um, and it's it's awful, but and may, there is a story there, and potentially there was a story with Siobhan and Samantha, but it certainly wasn't one that they could do justice in twenty five minutes. And maybe that's why they relied on this very crass character coming in and being like, you know, get your little white pussy away from my brother. And that's because like, I guess they had to slam on the brakes to deal with it in twenty minutes. But um it's a shame because there, there was potentially an interesting storyline there, but it certainly wasn't visible in this episode. I just saw Stanford and the dolls in my notes. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about Stanford and the dolls. There's quite a lot to process in this episode, isn't there? I mean, and this is an example of like this episode was written by a middle-aged gay white man and he handled the race stuff really badly, which is not a surprise, but he hand but he handled Stanford and the dolls really well I thought so the lesson there is right about what you know um, I think but um yeah I liked it like it's always nice to see Stanford dating um, it really yeah, is it's really important that he has a life outside of just being Carrie's accessory like it's really yeah, totally. I remember finding that when I was watching it I found it I always found it really upsetting and very confusing that as you say, he'd be like sent out of the room and it would be like, no, come back in when I'm ready. And he would literally just disappear at a moment's notice when she'd speak to a man at a club that he'd taken her to. I remember just being like, Wait, where's he gone? Where, 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 why is he just standing behind her? It was really strange. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad that they couldn't make it work, that the dolls, the creepy, the creepy dolls were a deal breaker. I think I would be quite scared of their little blinky eyes as well, if I'm honest. I can't lie. Their, their rattling eyeballs was like something from American Horror Story. I went to a guy's house once who had like a soft toy of every Disney character. Dis- Disney gays are a thing. That's like a, a noted internet trope is the Disney gay. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite nice. I think it's quite sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't... I didn't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was a bit kind of... I was, I was a bit taken aback. But, um... I preferred the Stanford plotline um, when he was big tall for you. 
Was that yeah, season that was two? When did we do? Is that season three or is that season two? That I can't remember two. where we are now. That was but, um, two where he goes to the underwear. The yeah, underwear and, he, and he feels really special. I love that one. Whereas, yeah, I, I, I agree that it's nice to see Stamford coming into his own and getting his own little subplots. And that kind of meant that Charlotte had to sit the week out um, with her face face licking. Um, I don't know. I think work Charlotte would have something to say about he raped my face because he didn't. Um, but she she didn't consent to having her chin sucked. Oh, yeah. And she said that right after the remark about Siobhan as well. So she, first she said that and then she was like, he raped my face. And I was like... Oh my god! Oh my god! Charlotte, just just, just shut up. No, stop. Um, is there is there anything worth saying about Steve and Miranda with with Steve's half court shot? Like Steve would be my number one if I had really? to. Interesting. I said this. I said this as well because I think he's really kind and like he's ambitious in his own way in his own time and he's just like very excitable about life in a way that we don't see very often and actually in a way that I think does exist in real life and I think that he's just like yeah I just think Steve is like he just I think he just made me laugh and he's like quite patient he's very patient which is nice um we've been saying do you know what I've been saying going through series three which is like a particularly mad season like Miranda and Steve's storyline is like the shred of sanity (laughs) in like all the other madness it's the most like normal and believable and it's the easiest to identify with out of all the other shit that's going on (laughs) yeah I'd be there for him for his half court shot I would yeah I'm surprised Miranda wasn't I mean what a cool thing to be involved in and she is disparaging. She's not very nice. I know, and I'm trying to think if it, that actually aligns with her as a person. And I think it, as a person, but I think it does in a way. I think that she's, because she's so, I think she's so focused on like big picture, what is like the bigger goal. And I don't think she has much time for dreams, you know? Like, I think she's like quite a serious, like, you know, she's always like, am I making partner? Like I've made partner. What's like the next step? I think she's a very next step person. So I don't think that, Someone being like, I'm just doing this like fun thing and I could win like half a million dollars or however much it is. Like she doesn't really have time for that, which is yeah, it's frivolous. sad. It's frivolous, it's frivolous and she doesn't have time for frivolity, which is, um, she never, she never has. She never has. <laughs> so in closing, let's attempt to answer Carrie's question. Although it's such an open one, which is in relationships, what are the deal breakers? I mean, I think it's a very personal thing and it's something that only our listeners can tell us. So please, dear listeners, do messages with your deal breakers. Please keep them clean. Thank you. We don't want to be banned from social media. I think, however, as as we saw from Aidan in this episode, we should all be, I think, prepared to challenge our in- internal assumptions about ourselves. And I'm glad that Aidan gives Carrie a chance. Um, next week, we've got... Are we sluts? So that's going to be fun. <laughs> um, next week, um, we, we will indeed be discussing are we sluts? I can certainly tell what my answer's going to be. Um, but we will be joined by the very wonderful author, one of my absolute favourites. We're going to be joined by Holly Bourne on the podcast, um, um, author of Pretending. So please do join us next week. In the meantime, Candice, thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. I've loved it. And I also loved very much watching that episode back and being like... Wow, you've you've grown up a you've learned a lot of things since you used to watch Sex and the City. My God. Do you know what I saw I'm not gonna say what it's in reference to because it's a whole other conversation, but I saw somebody tweeting today which is it's okay to outgrow your teachers. And I was like, Mmm. 
profound. It's okay to outgrow your teachers. There you go. And I think we can comfortably say we have, we love Sex and the City. We will always love you, but we have surpassed you. Candice, where can we find you on social media? Uh, I am at, I think, at C underscore W on Instagram and Twitter. That's the other one. Yeah. Um, we are at SIGTT podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe and like and all that kind of admin. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.